If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm wondering um, if you could share with us the age of your child now and how old they were when they were diagnosed. Sure. My daughter is 15 um, and a couple months. And she was diagnosed when she was almost five. Okay, great. And what's bringing you on the show? Well, I'm, we're in negotiations around driving Uh and she's very interested in getting her license, which is atypical of a lot of kids these days, I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm super worried about it because I know there could be lots of things that, well, there could be lots of things that go wrong with any child driving, but In this particular case, um, I'm just wondering how we navigate her diabetes and getting her her license. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what you're worried about in particular around diabetes. Like what's what is making that worry come up more? Well, I I think I mean, I'm always worried about um her blood sugar being really low or really high she's pretty well controlled but i just feel like having this disease and being behind the wheel of a car is slightly different than any other teenager i think it's terrifying no matter who you are but i'm just curious how we navigate the disclosure with the dmv how we talk about it with her in terms of her safety and care around managing her diabetes and driving. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's all kind of all over the place, but I think those are a few things. No, those are great questions. I think you just said she manages pretty well. Is that, do you feel like she's responsive to her management and taking relatively good care of herself? I would say relatively good care. I mean, as I said, she's 15, so it's Mm -hmm. not always great. Yeah. But, um, She's definitely um, a pretty responsible kid overall. Okay. Okay. That's lovely. And it sounds like from everything you're saying, I just have a feeling that you have actually a really nice relationship with her, right? That you're feeling like she's responsible and responsive. Yeah. We can talk about things. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have our moments, but. Yeah, of course. So there's some practical answers here, um, which is that. Um, you know, at least in California, and I don't know what this was like in every state, this is a little bit outside my scope of expertise, but in California, you need to disclose uh, if you have diabetes when you are applying, I think for the driving test itself, not when you take the permit for sure, Um, but you need that disclosure. And um, I remember with my son, we got a letter from the doctor saying that his diabetes was under good control because that's what helped with um, 
smoothing that process along, right? And I have heard of kids for sure, whose doctors don't want to give them that letter because they're not in good control. So I don't know that that's true in every state that you need that, but I think that's one of the hurdles to navigate is like the seriousness, right? The fact that you have to go through that process indicates the seriousness that, um, that, that the world takes what it means to be somebody with diabetes who's driving, right? And so she will understand that just by going through that process and you will be emphasizing that along the way. So the other piece is, right, you don't want them driving when they're certainly low, um, but out of range. And so the question becomes then, what does that mean? And that's a conversation to have with their endocrinologist, right? Like certainly not low, not below 80, but what on the high end, you know, does, you know, cause some people don't have any sensation that's different over 200 up to 300, right? They feel totally normal and fine. It can depend how in range a person is. And it really out of, uh, out of range on the high end doesn't tend to affect mood and uh, um, like reflexes in the same way that low can affect, not mood, sorry, but reflexes in the same way low can. So it's a conversation also with your doctor about what do they consider to be out of range and a safe range. And then having your daughter check her blood sugar, either with a finger stick or on her CGM before she gets behind the wheel, right? So that she's sure she's safe to start. So um, I guess I'm I'm also just thinking this is another like situation where once again, they have to like navigate things in a way other teenagers don't have to, which kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. But so are you suggesting that, you know, she goes to Safeway and runs a 15 minute errand and then she has to check herself before she comes home? I mean, how how do you like, I guess what kind of plan do you put in place for them in terms of making the decision if they're okay to drive or not? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So I think this is one of those times, and this could be a parenting, there's a little bit of parenting uh, style in here. Personally, I think it's easier to start, like you're giving a lot of privilege, right? I mean, first of all, if she's 15, she just has a permit maybe, and she's just driving with you. So every time you get behind the wheel, you have her check. Is she on a CGM? <laughs> yes. Uh, so you have her look, right? Yeah. It's not also if she's on a CGM, it's not a very high bar. It's not like she has okay. to prick her finger. She just has to pick up her phone and take a look. A look. Right? Yeah. Um, there are some people who are, you know, if she goes to Safeway and she's 180 and she runs a 15 minute errand and she's coming back, she probably hasn't changed that much, right? Yeah. In that time. But she could be 180 double arrow down with three units on board, drives to Safeway, and suddenly she's tanking out, right? Mm -hmm. So some of this is her discretion, but I would mm -hmm. say as she gets this big privilege, there should be some, it's always easier to peel the rules back <laughs> rather than add mm -hmm. more, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say at the beginning that she's looking every time she re-gets behind the wheel, and if it is a double arrow down situation that you have some kind of agreed on protocol that, you know, she could be starting at a completely safe number, 238, right? right? But she's double arrow down and she actually needs to pull over and you know, set an alarm and pull over in 15 minutes if she's driving for an hour to make sure she's still in a safe range, right? Mm -hmm. So some of this is a discussion that you're having with her as you're practicing driving. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Hello, everyone. 
I am so excited to share some news with you about my Sweet Talk courses. So if you sign up for my courses now, you're going to get the same robust course material you always got, videos and exercises and teachings that will help you get to diabetes calm. But now the way you get it is more flexible than ever. You can work at your own pace, sign up for three or six months of support and choose either asynchronous or face-to-face -face Zoom support. There are also different price points to accommodate different budgets. And if you sign up before the end of November, use the code SWEETTALKPODCAST to get $100 off any course package you choose. Check it out at DiabetesSweetTalk.com. Looking forward to working with you. Well, in California anyway, you're not supposed to drive with anybody else. I, I forget how long it is until you've had your license for a year, year mm -hmm. or even longer. I guess I'm just wondering how that conversation goes. If after that time she gets to have friends in the car, is she, you know, how do I help her navigate that peer situation, you know, so that she doesn't feel, I don't know, self-conscious about it. Mm -hmm. Is she self-conscious though? Cause most kids diagnosed at five are not wildly self-conscious. Does she have close friends who know, or is it something she's hiding? Yeah, she, no, she has close friends that, that she knows, but I, I just feel like we're coming into this age where um, it's more important to fit in and not be different than to be open about her diabetes. So I guess I, I guess maybe I'm just anxious about the driving overall and I'm worried, Oh, you know, this is just another opportunity for her to manage herself differently because she's with her peers in a like exciting situation. Manage herself differently in the sense, like she won't manage her diabetes well because she's with as her well. Peers. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a discussion to have with her, right? She has a period of, you have a while, right? If she's just doing her permit driving, she gets her driver's license. You have a while, you have like a year yeah. and some number of months before you're facing that. This is an ongoing discussion with her, right? Of mm -hmm. what does it feel like to her to look at her phone, to check her blood sugar? Or she could just hand her phone to a friend and be like, let me know if I drop below 80. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a totally, like some people make a game out of these things and it's just yeah. totally a group support situation. Yeah. Right. So I think you have a while to just keep having the conversation with her. How does she feel about it? What if she handled it this way? What comes up for her? What kind of discomforts are there? Are there any? You could be imagining there are, but for her at 16, Maybe. there might not be. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. We've got some time for it to evolve and see what happens. But it makes sense to me that you feel nervous about it, right? Because it's a, you know, it's a big piece of metal driving at fast speeds. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think some of it is just that, you know, just the driving thing in general, I know is a lot causes a lot of anxiety and then you lay over the diabetes and it's like two X. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this really is that, you know, when we get to this place in our life, we hope that we can trust our children. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds honestly, like she's a good kid. She's doing a pretty good job managing her diabetes. She's not always wanting to be big out with it. But my guess yeah. is it sounds like her closer friends know the people she'll start driving with when she's yeah. ready. So it sounds like you have a good basis and foundation for the discussion. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. No problem.
Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type 1, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. 